Hey, welcome to the 165th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Pablo Gallo and Paul Kim. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlo. Today we have Chrissy Fiorelli and Amanda Linker-Doyle. Together they are DF Casting, a casting duo I've worked with for a long time, and they're here to talk to us about all things casting how to, as a director, to work with them, some war stories from the trenches, uh, and how to, or not to, attach that mega movie star to your micro-budget feature. I think it's a really good conversation. It's really frank. They're uh, so knowledgeable and so passionate about casting. It's really just reinvigorating to have a conversation like that. Just to be reminded that, oh, people are so talented and skilled at a thing that's one of the most important early steps in creating your film. Yeah, and getting and cre- even in figuring out the tone of your project that has so much to do with casting. Yeah. Um, and speaking of like real interesting tones, you got to watch at least the first episode. It's free of this show called Wayne that Chrissy and Amanda cast. It is uh, produced by the guys that did Deadpool. It is so interesting and unique and good. It's kind of like Scott Pilgrim meets John Wick. It's a dark, dark comedy. It actually really reminds me of this Netflix show called The End of the Fucking World. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah, really kind of like a broody look at um, youth and violence and things. Yeah, it's pretty great, but it's on. Uh, it's a YouTube original, so you can get the first episode for free on YouTube.com. Just look for Wayne. Yeah, and I would say even if I didn't know that they cast it, if I watch that show, I would be like, wow, the casting. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like the looks, the people, that everyone's so talented. It, it's great. Check it out. And that's um, just the tip of the iceberg of the conversation that we have with Chrissy and Amanda. So if you want to learn how to make your movies better through casting, our conversation with them is really going to help you out. Yeah. We should talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash just shoot it pod, where you can uh, contribute to the show a little bit, throw us a buck, throw us four. You know, it's kind of like the equivalent of buying us a coffee in exchange for um, just helping us make this show even better. It goes towards paying our editor, Jay. And now we have hats. So at the $10 level, if you if you contribute $10 a month, we'll send you a just shoot it hat. Yeah. Is that at a small loss to us? Yes, it is. This is so NPR right now. But uh, but also, we think hats are cool, and I really can't wait to see people sending us selfies of them in the hat. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's get into it. Chrissy, Amanda, teach us how to cast. Hey, everyone. We're taking a quick break to talk about Plot Devices, our sponsor for the show, and we have one of the co-founders, Seth Worley, sitting here with us. So, Seth, one of the tools you make helps directors storyboard. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we just made a storyboard notebook. I felt like there was a severe shortage of storyboard notebooks out there, especially ones that were not intimidating and unassuming for directors like me who cannot draw. I learned a while ago that storyboards are a lot like swimsuits. Everyone is insecure about theirs, but when you see other people wearing theirs, you're like, oh, cool, that person is also swimming. Like, nobody cares. We're just here to swim. And storyboards are the same way in that the point of drawing storyboards is to flesh out your vision and also to help you communicate it to others. And even if what you've drawn makes absolute no visual sense whatsoever, at the very least, it communicates to your crew, you've got a vision, you're going somewhere, you can somewhat be trusted. But for you personally, it gives you the peace of mind knowing that you've got the sequence, shut it out. Even though you will not shoot it, you will shoot three of those shots because it will rain and people will be dying by lunch. And uh, my sets are 
are pretty dire. <laughs> and what aspect yeah. ratio are these storyboard frames in? They're in 16 by 9 with 235 guides as well. Ooh, nice. Cool. Nice. If you want to find out more about the storyboard notebook or any of the other products that Plot Devices has to help you create your stories, check out plotdevices.co. This episode, we're giving away the storyboard notebook and uh, a filmmaker pin three pack. If you want a chance to win a free storyboard notebook, go to Twitter right now and tell us what one of your favorite shots in cinema is. For me, a shot I really liked recently is the one in Roma, the opening shot. It's so simple, but if you think about it, it must have taken so much planning. It's insane. Anyway, go to Twitter right now, tag Plot Devices CO, and tell us what your favorite cinema shot is for a chance to win your free storyboard notebook. Chrissy and Amanda, DF Casting. Um, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. We're so Thank glad you. to be here. Yes. I have known you guys for a pretty long time. Chrissy, a little bit longer, um, because you were casting at College Humor yeah. back when I first started there. Yes. Um, but I realized I don't know how you two came to be a, a duo. So we came to be a duo um, also through College Humor. Um, oh, is that right? Oh. Well, ish. Like, I, I was working there. And um, when I first started there, we got six weeks of vacation a year, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And oh, is um, that a lot? I don't know. Yes, because so. yeah. normally it's just two. Oh, um, yeah. And so every couple of months, you get two weeks off. And then um, during one of those uh, hiatuses, a, a job came through that, and I was going on vacation. And um, uh, and I, I said to Spencer, like. I'm not going to work over this vacation. I said, okay, we'll just have someone cover for you. So I posted on Facebook or something and Amanda sent in her resume and brought her in to talk to her and we just really hit it off. Um, well, and- I sat down at her in her office and I was like, is that Tate Ellington? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I love him. There's She's a picture like, on my desk. And she was like, me too. I'm married to him. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's how, we, that's how we met. And then we kept in touch. Um, she ended up covering me on that um, commercial or, or something. Was commercial, or something yeah. random. Yeah. yeah. And um, we kept in touch with each other, became Facebook friends. And then when uh, my husband shot a show out of town in Montreal, and we had to live there for a while and a couple of, you know. Was it uh, Quantico? It was. Oh, cool. Yes. I watched that show. Oh, there you go. Uh, so we were living in Montreal for a little bit, and um, whenever people would uh, approach me about projects that I couldn't do because we were living out of the country, I would say, oh, you know, reach out to my friend Amanda, and we, you know, we just couldn't get together as friends because I was out of the country. Then when it came back, um, she was like, let's go have lunch. So I, I worked uh, in a, I, I started in commercial casting like mm-hmm. 13 years ago. And then um, when the economy collapsed in 08, my commercial casting director that I was working for and running her studio was like, hey, do you want to take an internship with uh, Bialy Thomas and Associates? Sharon Bialy used to be my assistant back in the day. Oh, whoa. Awesome. And so I was like, yeah. And, and they're so, a, a very big deal. They're a very big office. Yeah. yeah. Especially today. Yeah. yeah. Breaking Bad. So, so, um, Barry, Barry today. Yeah. Yes. They're amazing. So I went and interned for them and then they hired me for pilot season. Um, and that pilot season we did the first six of the walking dead and we were doing lie to me and a pilot for ABC called Detroit one eight seven. It was literal like baptism by fire sure, for me because yeah. I had come from the commercial space. So it was, um, amazing. And Russell and Gohar are still there today. And I'm actually really curious what, why theatrical casting is so different than commercial casting? Well, it's a different pool of actors. 
kind of. There's a little bit of blend, but for the most part, it's it's a it's a different pool of actors. Well, it's a different pool of actors, and it's just a completely different process. Yeah, the timeline, and you know, having someone who can carry a commercial versus someone who can carry a series is, or even an episode, is like different a different sure. skill set yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so i finished um once that they kind of slowed down a little bit i went and uh, started working with alexis kazara and christine chevchenko and i was in their office for almost seven years and at the end of my time with them chrissy and i met up and when she had gotten back from montreal and um i was like i think it's time to like you know you're jump, like jump. I want to go out. I, I want to, you know, go out on my own, but I don't want to be by myself. No, I don't want to be by myself um, ever. <laughs> and would you want a partner? And and um and I was like, oh, cool, okay, sure. And so we did. It was super casual. Yeah. And then like the next day, we like made some business cards and like a website, and we were like, all right, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> just like pulled out the Amex and got a Squarespace. Yeah, <laughs> and a, and a Gmail account that we share. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Something I think about a lot is like when someone offers me a job that I can't do, like there's always this like slight fear that if you like recommend someone else, they'll be like their new person. Person. Yeah. Yeah. And I know in casting that happens probably a lot. Um, Yeah. Well, we, you know, we've been really lucky that um, since we've been working together, we've been very busy. Um, And a lot of the people that I, you know, am, am, friends with and friendly with uh, in like the comedy space aren't necessarily the same people that Amanda had been working with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there, it's been really nice to like, you know, both pull from our, our relationships and work on projects together and then have some new relationships too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. When we, we both just had babies this past year and, um, and that was certainly like a little nerve wracking, like when it was you know, like right after having the kids and, People were like, oh, are you available to do something? We were like, um. We had we took a meeting on a, a big pilot. Oh, yeah. When I was 37 weeks pregnant and Chrissy was seven days postpartum. And Tate yeah. sat in the car in the parking lot with their seven-day-old baby. And I was super pregnant. And there and was three women. no idea. I, I know. And I had her like a week later. Yeah. And it was three women who we were meeting with. And they had all had babies. And they were just looking at us like... To be clear, they were looking at you. (laughs) I know, not you. You were crazy. Yeah, they thought I was nuts. Um, (laughs) And they were very kind and very, you know, obviously, I think they were like, we're going to help you help yourself here. You know? Yeah, we're going with someone else. Yeah. You don't want this part. But that is part of like, because I actually worked with, I think twice I worked with a casting director team and they, like two different women twice, and they all had kids and it it seemed like they really covered for each other a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and like if we had had the babies at a different time, yes. like from each other, then we would have done that. But sure. we had them two weeks apart, so right. so she tells me in, in January she was like, "I have to tell you something, <laughs> I'm pregnant." I was like, "Oh my god!" And then like not a week later, I yeah. think I was like, "Chrissy, I feel like shit," and she was like, "You You're like, be pregnant?" Oh no, yeah. it's you too. Yeah, um, I I want to just go back for a second for, to the commercials versus like television sure, versus like sure. a web show versus a um what else is there movies yeah um <laughs> because I, I like guess, that was your last one <laughs> do people watch movies uh, I guess as a director obviously in a commercial sometimes there's like no dialogue and you have to have someone come in and you just like interview them to get a sense of their personality or something to do with them mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard but in general if you had like 
like I guess do you Matt approach commercial auditions significantly differently than like if you were doing a web show or a TV yeah I mean I think certainly it's much more look and take based in a commercial right and I think maybe unfortunately also like their ability to like throw a tag on something you know too often if you're bored in the casting office or like stressed about how you're not finding someone and then someone walks in after you've heard it 50 times already and throws like a new spin on it whether that's a a joke that they wrote themselves or just like something out there anything to kind of shake you out of that like Mm -hmm. uh anxiety coma i think is gonna be a thing that but i've seen that you know like theatrical auditions also yeah yeah but you have more to chew on though do you know what i mean it's like oftentimes if it's a a commercial you know there's maybe a couple lines well and commercials are um not necessarily about who the best actor is but who uh the person is who will best sell the product Mm -hmm. and it's also a volume thing because you want to see as many people as possible to give as many choices as possible to well that's the the director these days yeah right to to everybody who's involved because there's like then you guys are all dealing with like the client and the agency and all of that stuff there was a commercial that i was working on once for some airline or something and the director was somebody who's a big deal i can't remember and um and he had like a vision a real artist yeah something (laughs) and um and he was like no like i need someone who is um like ethnically ambiguous who can do extreme sports who is also a poet and an artist Mm -hmm. and um is maybe like a pro skater on the side and reads books and is well traveled mm-hmm. and you know all the people that we're seeing just aren't aren't right does he just mean very pretty Th- yeah, that yeah. too yes yeah. and i was like okay so you want a unicorn great yeah, yeah, yeah. so um i called people in and i was literally feeding them answers off camera like i would pause it mm-hmm. and um and i'd say okay uh next i'm going to ask you who your favorite poet is and um, and they were like, okay. And one guy was like, uh, yeah, I really like Shel Silverstein. And I was like, no, no, you can't. You can't say that, no. I think that's an okay answer if yeah. you actually know poetry. Right. You know, like if he's like so well-read and this is like also Shel Silverstein, no jokes. Yeah, favorite, no. That's okay. But no, 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 none of these people yeah, yeah. had read anything. Yeah. <laughs> Shel Silverstein wrote uh, the lyrics to A Boy Named Sue, the Johnny Cash song. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah but... Yeah. um. But I don't know, just that was, that was, no, no, no. It was so frustrating. And I had a friend of mine come in who's now like, like an actress in lots of things. And I wonder if these guys realize it. Um, And, uh, and like had her like interact with them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just, oh gosh, just trying to make everybody I've planted, I've planted real, my actor friends in real people castings before. Oh yeah. For commercial. Yeah. For sure. And they book it. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're none the wiser. I'm like, by the way, like they're real people too. Right. They just happen to not be like complete idiots in front of the camera. Sure. Well, you know, from um, our point of view, like every time we're interacting with an agency on anything, they're always like, we just want, we just want people to be themselves, to be real. We don't want to, we don't want it to be actors. It yeah. shouldn't be yeah. actory. They shouldn't be like, it shouldn't feel scripted. And then we're like, okay, it's going to suck. Pretty much. Right. Fine. <laughs> but yeah. But in regard to like the client, like, there's always somebody whose job it is to say no. So sometimes yeah. we have to be strategic in our presentation. Sure. 
in an effort to like counter that. No matter the type of project it is, exactly. whether it's commercial yeah. or, you know, TV or mm-hmm. a film or anything. Sometimes yeah. we present that person as the second choice just because we because, know, yeah. you know. <laughs> say it one time. Well, no, <laughs> we, we always say that I, I, I've said this for a long time. Like the one, like that from like my big fat Greek wedding, like mm-hmm. the woman is the neck and she can turn If the, the man head. is the head, then right. the woman is the neck. Yeah. But oftentimes we find, especially when we're dealing with men, not to be like that, but, but particularly if we give them our first choice, mm-hmm. they go with the other person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Unless um, they're, that, we're really on a, the same team and they're, they're, we're really close with them and they're, at, they're genuinely asking for our opinion. Right. So we have to kind of be, if, if there's someone we're, we're really passionate about, we have to be a little bit strategic. And some of that is just like game theory too, I think, sure. of mm-hmm. like, you know, people wanting like to pick. Mm-hmm. Well then, and then, and I always say too, like, I think the lack of recognition, recognition for the, um, the craft overall is because essentially our job is to make you believe that it was your choice sure yeah 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 Yeah, without a doubt yeah i like i mean i've worked with a lot of different casting directors and i love it when like a casting director is like hey this person like i've cast them five times before and every time the feedback was like amazing well that's Um, you know that's trust and 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 recognizing that they obviously have a history with these people Mm -hmm. and they know what they're capable of etc which is you know, or I even this last the country time thing I did, like there was an actor that came in and I was like, the casting director asked me what I thought of him. It's like, yeah, he wasn't that great. And she was like, really? He's usually like really amazing and really great. And so I was like, well, I guess we can call him back then. Yeah. I want to, if someone is like, hey, this person's really great and they just had an off day, I definitely want to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like watch something else that we have on tape before, that he mm-hmm. read like a long mm-hmm. time ago just in an effort to see him do something else. And you know, some people are really good auditioners and some people are terrible auditioners, sure. but they're amazing actors. So the, what you see in that moment might not be their best, the best right. reflection of like what they can do. Well, something else you said that kind of is related to that um, that I find interesting is you've said that it's like a different pool of people that you're bringing in for commercials and for theatrical. And obviously, I'm sure any actor that's listening to this, probably including my wife, would be like, well, that's frustrating, you know, because like you mm-hmm. book you book so many commercials, but like you can't get into a theatri- theatrical room or vice versa. I have a lot of friends that like do TV and they're like, yeah, I just cannot book a commercial. It's weird. Like I I feel like, um, in LA in particular, you get like pigeonholed really quickly. And it's crazy to me because when I was in New York, like it's a smaller group of people. And so that same group of people does everything, you Mm -hmm. know, they're like in a play and in a commercial and you know, there's just a lot of overlap and like sharing and stuff. But out here, even though I feel like in LA, like, people are more open to things like when it comes to um actors they're a little it's a little more like linear or just in the business in general it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay you've directed comedy videos sure great so you're the comedy video guy well it applies to us too oh yeah 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 you know right like i was saying today i was like this is a really hard role this is a really complex role and it's a 20 year old guy and and the there's physical comedy and there's, you know, there, you have to be able to navigate the comedic beats and it's really difficult. And I was like, this is so much harder than I think 
casting a drama, but no one would hire us to cast mm-hmm. a drama. No one would hire us to cast a procedural or a, or a period drama. That's, like, that's not where we come from. Because I watched, unfortunately, not enough of, but watched Wayne, your new oh, YouTube yeah. show. Yeah. I watched the I watched the first one. Today. I, I started. Which I was awesome. like, oh, the this casting is awesome. was insane. Yeah, oh, and, I, and of course, mayhem commercial guy yeah i know he's really like more of a tv guy yeah dean winters (laughs) yeah yeah Um, (laughs) but you know he's the mayhem in the commercial world he's very famous oh right right yeah mayhem sure yeah Um, wayne um but but that that i would not describe unless i unless there's a real tonal shift after a minute 11 or whatever it's not a straight comedy by any means no No, that's a dark comedy so we were really excited for that one yes because we're like ah this is really dark this yeah. is what we... It's like a half-hour drama. drama. Yeah. It reminds yeah. Me I of, wouldn't yeah. even say dark comedy with, with, from what I can tell, you know. With some jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a drama with some jokes. Yeah. 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 It's like a highly stylized, yeah, yeah. drama, right? Yeah. Uh, John Wick meets John Hughes. Yeah. That's one of the lines Or even like John yeah, Wick good. meets like Scott Pilgrim or something, right? Yeah. It almost yeah. feels like... Yeah, yeah, there's a little... There's some pizzazz to it, for sure. And there's yeah. like a retro overtones you know yeah and it's set in the present day but like people aren't you know staring at their smartphones the whole time or right, anything right. like that right. um kids yeah. listen to music with guitars also which right. i yep. found yeah. old-fashioned yeah it's uh it's it that show is is so unique and we you know we look forward to um people who have seen it like hiring us <laughs> for other things like yes. in that uh in that realm sure you know? was that cast out of la yeah, yeah um, uh, L.A. and Toronto. Yeah. The mix of looks like the like his best friend in high school and the girl with like the brace Orlando, and like yeah. even those just those three kids that mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. are laughing yeah, at the, him in the beginning and the guy that comes out. The, the three kids, I was like, guy. oh, nice looks across the board. Yeah, yeah the yeah. best friend, he's from Louisiana? New Orleans, yeah. New Orleans, yeah. Right? Yep. And, Joshua um, Williams. Yeah, and he's terrific and he, he was, went on tape yeah. and um, as soon as we saw his tape, we are like, Hire him. Yeah. Hire him he, yesterday. Had he only done like Mudbound? Is that right? Yeah, he he had like a Just small a part in Mudbound. And, I know. Yeah, right. And uh, and a and a couple other small things, you know. But right. yeah, he's great. And then um, I mean, Sierra, is, who plays that's the small market dream, right? right. Oh yeah. Like you get cast because you're a local hire mm-hmm. and also great, mm-hmm. and yeah. but then you're discovered and then you get to yeah. you know and um, and then Sierra who plays Dell, um, she's oh, yeah she's awesome she's too. been working for a long time yes. and and been doing like a lot of like um, well she did Red Band Society for Fox which was a drama mm-hmm. and then a lot of like uh, like Disney ish shows so this is a huge departure for her but mm-hmm. she came in and just slayed it like amanda stood up and gave a standing ovation very inappropriately <laughs> literally did you really yes i, I couldn't oh, help myself well, so here's the thing you have to cast her then right right well no but <laughs> well, yeah. you know she's yeah. gonna go home and tell everybody like hey she did a standing job. up yeah she but like you know it was that was a hard those were hard parts too I really mean, hard they were they're these kids from brockton massachusetts which is really specific in regard mm-hmm. to dialect and tone and we were encountering a lot of kids that were like grew up here and were very like california like mm-hmm. never what did you always say never opened a pasta jar on their own yeah, didn't like know, hadn't didn't done anything to, yeah, yeah. and this is a shit kicker who yeah. like his dad dies and he sets his house on fire and he goes to get this car that like you know what i mean and, and he's just got this shit life and so you have to really feel for him so it was really hard and for her I mean, that was like our second session of Dell, right? Like, yeah. She just like came in and she did the, she's like, this is an accent that I used to just f- like fuck around with my friends sure. with and do. And so I was like, I feel like it's kind of appropriate. And I was like, it's, you're, you're good right. at it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, you know, some of the girls didn't even do an accent and you just needed it. You needed yeah. it to like feel authentic. Well, and then to find our Wayne was a whole crazy process. Sure. We read something like, we, we read or watched tape of like a thousand kids and we started in LA and New York and then the Southeast and then like the Canada. rest of the country, then Canada, mm-hmm. then... Uh, because the original vision of the role was a little different mm-hmm. and we just weren't really finding it. There was like one kid out of New York that they that they liked a little. What do you mean well, by to, different? Like age, ethnicity? Type. Type. Well, to back up a little bit, we, we when we met on it, we had worked with two of the, the five producers. Mm-hmm. But we had to meet Sean, the creator, and um, I don't think we met Rhett and Paul until we were mm-hmm. hired. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but when we went to meet with Sean, we knew we were meeting against some really high profile, amazing casting directors. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh shit, we're never going to get this. <laughs> so <laughs> it's we, a relatively small pool, right? Like, you know, the competition. Usually. Yeah, yeah usually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes we, we don't, we aren't privy to that, but mm-hmm. sometimes like we'll hear through the grapevine like who else is meeting on it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we were like, well, we better like really bring our A game. So we like did arts and crafts and made a, a big giant binder of like, basically like mood boards for like the different roles and like oh, what how what we thought it's it gonna like look all like pictures of dj qualls yeah <laughs> yeah like, like the look inspiration yeah. exactly <laughs> kind of no yeah but um but yeah and then we and we really like sold it hard and and yeah. sean god bless him yeah gave us a chance and um in our pitch book was i had just seen um I had just Street. seen sing yeah I had just seen a screener of Sing Street. Mm-hmm. Mark McKenna was this one of the supporting leads in that movie and I was like I think there's something really special about him so we put him in the book. I you know he's Irish they're all the Irish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we at the beginning of the process when oh. we got hired we put out a self tape request and then we go for him and we like waited for it for three weeks. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, we read a thousand kids and then mm-hmm. decided we needed to hop across the pond and start reading other kids over there um, while right, waiting in for in England, in Ireland, UK. Yeah. In the UK. Because, too, if you think about the locate, like uh, geographically where mm-hmm. Mass- Boston, Brockton, like where that is, like they came overseas. And so the accents kind of. Um, Not that much of a departure. Right, yeah, like the they Irish, could do Boston, it. Yeah, yeah. Celtics. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so we're waiting for Mark's tape and we're, we're reading a bunch of kids over there too. Well, and, um, and the, you know, because there's a big time difference between here and the UK, we were like, I was emailing, um, agencies in, uh, in the UK, but like, like just like giant CCs to anyone who had a, an email address at all these big agencies at, um, Troika. Yeah. Like in, in (laughs) London, you know? (laughs) And so it's basically like, I was just blind emailing all of CAA. Hi, I'm Chrissy. Right. Because they didn't have, they don't have the same system that we do. Right. Right. Well, you don't have the same network either. It's not like you get to know those people over the years. Exactly. And so I was emailing and was like, hello, we are Chrissy and Amanda and we are casting a television show. It's a real show. It has real money. Mm -hmm. And and, the director was already back. Like the Deadpool guy? Uh, the, they were EPs. They were EPs. Yes. And um, the director, uh, Ian. Mm-hmm. Came on later. Came on a little later, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But, uh, you know, just like, yeah, basically emailing all of CAA and being like, hello, I'm a casting director and this is a real project. <laughs> write, write me back if you Please have anybody. write me back. Did yeah. you say it's for YouTube or did you leave yeah. that part out? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we said did. it's for YouTube premium. Because that could be complicating. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you know. But it's a real, but it's a TV show with real TV rates. Right. And you're specifying all of that. Like sure, it's sure. not just like, like a guy with a selfie stick. Yeah, are yeah. there residuals? Uh, there are, but in a different way. Like if it gets resold somewhere else? It's uh, No, if it's a, on for a certain amount of time, yeah. I think, right? It's on like the high-budget SBOD contract, so which oh, is like good. basically it's a standard it's like television a yeah. Gotcha. agreement. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Residual checks have come to our house for things that are oh, on. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like, for Tate, not for us, to yeah, be clear. Yeah, yeah. To be clear. I wish. Casting directors don't get residuals? No. Don't you take a percentage of every actor you cast? No. Yeah, that would be nice. No. Idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so Mark's tape came in and he was great and but he needed a couple of notes so we had him retape and then um Can you tell me what he did that nobody else did? To go back a little bit, Sean had this really specific vision of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the showrunner, creator, mm-hmm, the creator. And we tried it with this one kid that he was like this is the kid and we were like, "Okay." And and he just this kid just wasn't doing it and we tried again and we tried again and we tried again great actor but such a good actor this particular role just wasn't right do you ever think to yourself like that it's the script no no because not in this case no it it, it's just sometimes you're just not right Mm -hmm. you know and there's nothing super specifically to point at it's just you're not right. Yes. Sometimes you're just not right. I think that there are times when um, when something is really specific mm-hmm. and no one is willing to deviate from that, that like, you know, the equivalent of that um, that commercial where I made people lie about liking E.E. <laughs> e. Cummings, you know, um, and uh, uh, that, you know, if you write something so super specific, like a model who's an opera singer mm-hmm. and... Um, she's uh, like half Chinese, half Native American. And um, but you're not willing to go. She's also like South Korean only Chinese calligrapher. Right. 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 Uh, And then it turns out that the the actress that they had in mind is already on another show. She's Mm -hmm. already doing calligraphy and and, uh, opera singer and all of those things, you know. Um, So that can be a little Challenging. Challenging. Well, so I, I wanted to ask just in terms of like your interactions with directors, mm-hmm. like what can you talk about some things that like what makes a director good at casting uh, mm-hmm. something and then something that makes them like not so good? <laughs> well, I think that something that always helps us is when um, when you have like a couple of prototypes in mind mm-hmm. um, so that there's like a starting point for us because um and by prototypes, you mean characters or actors? Uh, or either? Either. You know, if it's like, uh, here's Sally and she's 20 years old. And then we're like, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know? Um, but if, uh, which like maybe for a co-star or something or a smaller role, like you don't have to But you read the script, Kate right? Winslet. Yeah. But sometimes in the script, there's not even anything that describes a character. So we're just left like guessing what's in your head, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so if you're like, oh, Sally is like a yeah, like she's like a Lizzie female Kaplan. T.J. Miller, Lizzie Kaplan, yeah, yeah, or um, or like you know, just anybody. If you just a Aubrey Plaza, yes. yeah, Aubrey, whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so say 
say you say Lizzie Kaplan and Aubrey Plaza, right? Are you then like, oh, does he mean or she mean brunette? <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? <laughs> right? Well, or, or, or do you just mean sar- right. snarky and sarcastic or like tone? It's yeah. usually tone in regard thing, to tone. Usually. Yeah. 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 Not not always a look thing, too. But but, you know, yeah, you look for both. But is like, it annoying when you get your hundredth Aubrey Plaza in a row? The other thing is that when we ask for that, then the the bars kind of set. Mm-hmm. And like there are there are some people that speak to that, but then there are like when you're really specific, if you're really specific and you can't get away, from, you can't come out of that, then it's like, well, Aubrey Plaza is Aubrey Plaza is Aubrey Plaza. Like there's, what do we do? You know? Mm-hmm, so you right. have to, we have to figure out how to navigate that with them so that it's, yes, this is specifically a prototype because Aubrey Plaza is not going to do this or she's not available or whatever. Right. Um, or maybe she will do it because they've got the money. A billion yeah. dollars. Because yeah, my wife's gone in for like an Aubrey Plaza type and like literally we were like watching Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza videos, you know, and they're like, no, not not in the office. Watch her and like Ingrid goes what, you know, like. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like so yeah. weird. You're like chasing a performance. Your wife is good at frowning. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like a funny frown. Like, mm, that's great. How's yeah. her vocal she fry? It. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got bangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has because, two eyes. Well, yeah. like everyone's different. So it's yeah. like, you know, you're, you say Aubrey Plaza and then, or Aubrey Plaza type, and then somebody, a different human being comes in. Right. So you have to wrap right. your head around that. Right. I mean, I think that, yeah, like, um, well, I think it's helpful to have, you know, uh, just like an idea of, of what you want or what you like or what you respond to. Mm-hmm. And then we'll show you versions of that. Um, like some on the nose and some a little left of center and yep. some a little right of center. I guess I'm curious, mostly, at least for me personally, oh, like yeah. in the room, um, like in the audition room, because that's when we had our panel of directors talking about casting, it was a lot of it was about how, especially in commercials, because you have an agency and you have creative, you have other people watching you, the director, audition actors. And like you said, it's a volume game, right? So you might be seeing like 60 actors in a day. Yeah. And as the director, you're like, nervous that they think you're not directing the performance well mm-hmm. or that you keep giving the same direction over and over. Oh, I've never yeah. thought about. So it's like stressful as a director. It's we've said this to other casting directors before and everyone's like, "What are you talking about? You're nervous." We are so not so nervous, but it yeah. is very stressful for us, specifically in commercials in particular. Yeah, we I have bet. to fight so hard for the job and it's so much harder, I think. You have to fight so hard for the job. Yeah, yeah. people don't just fight call so us. hard for the job. Yeah, but people don't call us and say like, "Hey, do you want to direct this commercial?" It's like you're <laughs> really no. Yeah, yeah. They they have to <laughs> no. no. Have you listened Pitch. to the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we... No, but like people don't call us either. You know. Well, I imagine like, we're, all, we're all fighting. Yeah. I yeah, that's so interesting. Call you, like I work with you know the same casting directors a lot. Like I imagine if a director. That works with you a lot. That likes you. Like yes. a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you. Yes. you just get the call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's different from maybe like, a TV network. Because if we're talking about commercials, yeah. like that, sometimes directors are in house at different places, right? So if like you're doing like a a Pretty Bird commercial, like they've got their group of directors, and you all, you, do. you will oftentimes. It's rare that I get asked who I want my casting director to be. Oh, That's really? True. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I. I mean, seventy percent of the time, I get to. But it's one of the things, like, as soon as I get the job, I say, like, you DP, have to, production you have to designer, like, casting right. director. Yeah, you have to th- throw your chips down immediately. Like, hey, these are the people I want. Like, don't. And oftentimes, 
they're already hired. You know, it's like a very weird situation. Yeah. It depends when you get hired. Commercially, yes. Yeah, but, I'm talking about you guys, though. Yeah, we yeah. are all triple bed. So, like, mm. literally, um, we will submit, like a, like, a very elaborate document. We will have one, if not two or three, like, dog and pony show, like, pitch meetings where mm. we talk about how much we love, Yeah, but just know, to get to that point. Cheetos or whatever. <laughs> it's really hard. Like, their yeah. agency yeah. has boards, right, for their yeah. commercial. They look at, like, a hundred reels of directors. Mm. Um, and those reels are, those directors are all at production companies. So, the, they have to like the production company. Like, they have, you know, and not everyone is Pretty Bird or Hungry Man. You know, right, some people right. are companies you haven't quite heard of that often. George Commercial <laughs> Company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then you're competing, right? And then you're trying to send the exact right sense. reel. Yeah. And right. then they usually have, like, a list of three. And not only is it the director, but also the bid and the production company. Right. And so that you could sense. even be the person who does the best at the pitch. But, like, if the production company comes in too high and they get underbid by somebody else right. you just lose it right yeah. yeah and then i'll make like a 30 page document you know to try yeah. to get the job and then yeah. and we hire graphic designers or i'll show you right. the, the right. documents he's yes. really proud yeah. of all. i mean we've <laughs> seen we them. see them yeah. yeah i guess that's true yeah but right. i guess i guess but you I don't guess. have the job when you make that so we make them right. and right. then don't right. get the job yeah right. at, for yeah. every board that you see there are two other boards that are pro or decks, other decks yeah that are probably right. as good give or take right right for people who just didn't yeah, get the all, job. it's all yeah. stressful. What are we doing? Yeah. So, so especially <laughs> if it's a, your first time with an agency, right. That's now the thing. you yeah. want them to think they made the right choice, right? Because right? they wanted right. to hire their nephew, but mm-hmm. someone yeah. convinced them that you had Matt this one Matt Pollock idea. was busy, so right. they called yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so then once you're in the room, uh, for me, and I'm sure for everyone, right? For Matt too, like probably the first time you've ever met these people that you've had all these conference calls with in person is at the audition, right? Because they come in for the callbacks. Yeah, like literally that's the first I guess I've never thought about those dynamics because we're sitting there sweating Mm -hmm. about our own shit. I guess the lesson here is that everyone is just like freaking out. (laughs) The actors, they're not worried though. The actors aren't worried. Oh, yeah, the actors are fine. Can I tell you, I did this uh, commercial and the client was there and he was from Kansas City and I made some, we had... Uh, tender greens for lunch at the audition and I made mm-hmm. some comment about how he, he said oh the salad's really good I was like yeah we're really Californians have really good produce I mean you guys kill us on mayonnaise but we're good like on you know produce and somehow the EP at my production company heard that I made that comment and was like don't disparage the client like literally like that one thing I said was like I shouldn't have said it. Like so, it's you got scrutinized. For you're it, already yeah, sure. in that meeting yeah. when you're face to face, like but being also, judged. Like, let alone like, judging how you direct actors. Calm down. <laughs> right. Yeah. You made a mayonnaise no. joke. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's it not like about mustard. <laughs> you can't make a goddamn mayonnaise <laughs> joke. Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> um, but uh, I guess I'm curious from your point of view as a casting director. Like you've probably seen directors that say nothing in an audition and directors yes. that say way too much. And I'm wondering sure. like what the sweet spot is to get the best out of actors. Because you probably have seen like some of the best direction given to actors. And the last casting director I was with, I worked with, like she was, I thought, 
really good at directing actors. Yeah, yeah so like, you're I like, would well, say I'm something, not going to say anything. I would say like <laughs> 10 sentences and she would be like, yeah, just do it a little louder. And then, and then it would be like, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, again, sometimes it's project specific, you know, like the type of direction and stuff. But at least for the two of us, we often don't want to step on the director's toes. Mm-hmm. and Like I'll ask permission. I give direction typically like in our sessions. Yeah. Um, but I will always ask permission in a, in a producer session if I could mm-hmm. just give them a little something. If I'm hearing them give direction and I, I feel like the actor understood, but maybe I can see that the actor's not quite understanding what they're trying to get at, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pop in, but I'll, I'll always ask permission. But the best directors are the directors that are, had, have been actors or are have taken um, some class or are married some to class, them. or who yes. are married yes. to actors yes. or used to who be have engineers. a respect for actors or <laughs> yes those are the, the best um yes. those i find to be are the best directors and well do you ever go back to the waiting room and be like hey the director keeps giving the same direction yeah. to every actor like sure. maybe come in already with this sometimes aware of it yeah <clears throat> or this director line reads just oh just don't just, be offended don't like the little, try not to be offended by it the yeah. heads up this person's a little quirky yeah. right yeah don't let it throw you i've seen some actors be really offended by line reads and sometimes that's just part of the only way they don't know how, how to articulate yeah. yeah yeah have you seen so. like really good actors be have their performances ruined by the director yes yeah i mean i think sometimes um people can get over noted mm-hmm. and then get in their head about it yep. mm-hmm. and then um uh so like in you know in, in tv you you audition let's say it's a pilot you come in and read for us in a pre-screen then there's a producer session then there's a a, a studio test and the network test um and before those tests they'll uh like warm the actor up and be like let's have a work session gosh i know and um and some actors do well with those, but some mm-hmm. completely fall apart. And they're like, can I just do what I originally did that you guys all liked? Like, mm-hmm. Ugh. and mm-hmm. they get noted to death and then they fall apart in the test in front of the studio or in front of the network. And Well, and Chrissy's, Chrissy's really close to this, right? Because right. of yeah. Tate, how many times he tested before he got Quantico and like just yeah. na- helping him navigate that. Yeah. And that, I think, it, it, the auditioning is a completely separate skill than actually doing it on set sure. or, yeah. you know... You know, it's just completely different. So, completely different. And taking notes on the fly like that's really hard. And, um, but I think that, uh, so I think that sometimes people can get overnoted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like if a, if a director is, is green and like hasn't figured out how mm-hmm. to give notes in an audition setting, maybe they're really great on set. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that, um, I guess it works the other way too. It works the other way right. too. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm curious about wardrobe. Like, can you give us some do's and don'ts for actors? What, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, when they come into audition? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, should they wear the L.A. Dodgers hat because they're supposed to be sports fans? Like, or You know, here's the thing about wardrobe. I feel like in, co- in the commercial space, commercial, you're supposed yeah. to dress for the part, right? Mm-hmm. But we always say in the theatrical space, you don't need to. But I kind of disagree with that because I feel like you do need to at least hint at what yeah. you're tra- what you're doing for sure because it helps you for sure i think that when um this is also a difference between new york and la granted i haven't worked in new york in some time but um but there 
if a cowboy hat was required, you would just have one cowboy hat that everyone would put on in the mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. You would provide everyone the hat. Would have lights right. at Lights the end at the, of the day. Oh. That's how the yeah. measles, measles spread. I heard yeah. it was a casting uh, office. What? What? I'm just kidding. Oh my oh, okay. god! <laughs> you really scared them. Orthodox. Literally, I'm the biggest germaphobe, and I'm like freaking out right now. Um, so, yeah. or or like if there's like a prop, like a like a hockey stick. Okay, right, then everyone right. has to like hold the stick and. And in the office, we would have a stick there and everybody would use it. But in L.A., um, it's like, bring your hockey uniform, <laughs> bring your hockey stick and your helmet and your cowboy hat. And like, and people come in dressed for like the character um, or like in your scrubs. Um, or one time, um, uh, I had a few friends that went out for something where it was like, wear your unitard. <laughs> it was like, I don't. I don't have a unitard. Uh, that is brutal. You know? Yeah. And and everyone's just going time. to Party City and getting the same fucking hat. Okay, okay. But at the same time, yeah. I okay. feel like if they don't come in an outfit that supports them as that character, it it takes not only the creative team that's watching it out of it, but it also affects their physical life in the scene, right? Yeah. It affects their it the physicality of like, yeah. So... Even if it's just a button down in jeans, like you move differently in that than you do in a t-shirt and jeans, yeah. right? You you hold yourself differently. So I think I think wardrobe can be really important and can help an actor. Yeah, well, but I like was, what you're saying. Sorry to interrupt. No, I, like, okay. I like what you're saying about the hint. Because I did this Lifetime movie and like there was a cop, female cop character, and which I think is a prerequisite for all Lifetime movies. <laughs> and uh, like these women, like these great actresses would come in with these like oversized police hats and stuff and you it's yeah, just, I can't take him seriously. You can't. No. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a very clear threshold for me where, like, I want to know that you you thought about it and you're trying. Yeah, you know, maybe the physicality is par- probably part of it, but mm-hmm. like, if you were in a costume, you look like a chump to me. And yeah. I just, like, <laughs> well, that's you know, where we would, yeah. yeah, we would help them. Like, we'd yeah. be like, take, be like, that, like, that, like, take that off. <laughs> yeah, like, like there's a kid today. Yeah, there's a kid today that read, and he did a great job in his first two scenes. He had a sweatshirt on. And then he's like, for the last scene, I'm going to take the sweatshirt off. And he just had like a tank top on. And I was like, actually put it back on because you have muscles and that doesn't speak to this character at Mm -hmm. all. And it's not going to help them watching you with your muscles when you're supposed to be this like dopey guy that's like dropped into this military scenario. And that's where the comedy is. Right, right. So put it back on. So put it back on. I've had like LA, like these super LA actory kids, like guys like come in with like really weird oversized shirts and things. And I just like can't get past like how they dress. Well, sometimes then you see like the millennials that are just like, you're like, God, yeah. if I put that on, I would look so ridiculous. Sure. But you look so cute in it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, they're just wearing like like gray sweatpants and a gray t-shirt. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this looks yeah. great Jumper. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> there was one time for a commercial I was casting um, for Matt Pollock, actually, that um, I... I'm sorry, uh, who? Uh, what was that? <laughs> oh, Three time guest name drop podcast guest Matt Pollock, <laughs> I mean, dear on. friend of the um, and uh, uh, for like hefty um, trash bags, and I told all the men to wear the same color shirt because uh-huh. I didn't want it to be one of those things where it was like, oh, I like the guy in the yeah, the green in the shirt, whatever shirt, yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to like have a baseline of just everyone in either a white shirt or a gray shirt or something plain, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that then they had to like pay attention to them did it work 
Um, yeah, but for that one in particular, we were looking for like really beautiful men. Oh, um, gotcha. And oh, so it had to be really beautiful Weird, men. I did who, not see the uh, casting notice. Who could speak? Yeah. yeah. My <laughs> well, number hasn't changed, guys. Yeah, uh, oh, it, oh, that. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was a couple years ago. I can't look back at my sure. call history. Yeah. Um, that one was funny though because we needed people to put like a trash bag in a trash can, and so I, you know, gave direction. And I was like, okay, so That's you gotta weird. like put. Then you're gonna bag. You know, kind of bag the trash like can. Tell me about this. Yeah, time. and um, and one of the models um literally put the trash can inside the trash bag. <laughs> you know, and in I was my like, old office. he was very good we looking. We used to though. say, yeah. uh, yes. He and got I was the like, part, I was way. like, oh, like he has never done that before. He's just that beautiful that he's never created garbage, and he's never put. A bag. And I will get, I'm going to give this to Alexis and Christine. They used to say, God does not give with both hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We still say it today. Yeah, that's true. And it's usually true. Oh, man. Um, Just wanted to get to one last thing because I feel like a lot of our listeners are, you know, a lot of our listeners are working directors and filmmakers and things, but we have a lot of kind of newer filmmakers. And I bet in their mind, they're like, well, like, I could probably never afford casting directors. You know, I should just, like, try to cast it myself on Craigslist or LA Casting or something. Like, can you give us a little bit of, a, like, um, like a litmus test of when your budget is big enough to have casting directors? Or, like, mm. like talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how much it costs to have, like, real casting directors on your project. And I would think about where you are now in your careers relative to like also like maybe, you know, years back, maybe when you were an associate or something like that. Like I think there's kind of there's those other tiers available, you know, like let's say I'm making a short film for like and I have a $10,000 budget, right? I'm paying for it myself and it's a five minute short that I want to submit to Sundance or something. How many characters? There's four characters. I mean, and we're doing, that's a good question. How many characters, like how, how mm-hmm. labor intensive sure. is it? Yeah. I mean, we're doing stuff all across the board right now. We're doing, we're doing something right now for like $5 because right. we really liked it. Yeah. You know, did you know the person before you said yes? the, the one that's, <laughs> the one that's $5 is what, what are we doing? Which um, one? well, like, did you have we're doing it, we're doing a project involved short for film independent. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's kind of like a, they're paying us a stipend out of the kindness of their hearts. We're kind of volunteering for it, if you will. Um, But that's, you know, we did it two years ago and the two of ours did the festival circuit, two of the three that we did did the festival circuit. Yeah, and one one at Sundance and South South by and all the things. They're both on HBO right now. Yeah. Um, And so we're doing the program again. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just doing one this year, but like, you know, so the fee for that one is really low, but it's a, you know, that one, but that it's got a pedigree to that's it. That's true, well, and right? that's easy to yeah. sell for us, right? Um, I guess it just depends on the material, and like if it's in the same way that an actor would respond to something that maybe mm-hmm. was you know new media scale or deferred, you know, do they, they do it because they like it and mm-hmm. they want to you know be participate in that, or they they really like this new director and they want to foster that director the and kind of first, work with them? Um, feature that I cast completely on my own. Um, now I realize like how much of a bargain they got because um, it was like 25 roles, um, but it was uh, I had just moved out to L.A. I really connected with the story and it was all like the actors in my sweet spot um, that I was like, oh, I know exactly who this should be. I think that that originally the whole film was supposed to be something like twenty thousand dollars mm-hmm. um, for the kitchen. Like, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was called The Kitchen. And I, I remember calling like my friends at agencies and being like, um, 
hey, so like I'm casting this film. They're like, oh, what's the budget? I'm like, 20. And they're like, <laughs> million? He's <laughs> like, thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, because we don't even cover projects at that yeah, yeah. at that level. You know, we're like, but come on, it's, you know, it's good people. Anyway. Can, can that be SAG ULB at that point? Like, um, well, it ended know. up going up yeah. from there. But like that, the, the it, it started out as like, oh, just some of our friends. And then it turned into this bigger thing. And right, like right. Laura Prepon was in it and Dreamer Walker and Brian Greenberg. And, um, and, uh, but for that one, I think I did it for like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And I did a boy called sailboat for nothing basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I like the story generally for a film. Um, you want to budget, um, I'd say one to 2% mm-hmm. for, uh, uh, for your casting director for a short mm-hmm. film. It might be a little bit more than that. Um, just depending on the scope. Um, but if you are, you know, if you're doing a, a $500,000 film with two people in it, then 5k should be set aside at least for your casting director wow that's really i've actually never heard that five to ten yeah general rule of yeah percentage and then there's you know you get into the tv space and we have quotes that now we 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 can tell you if we want but that you no one can ask (laughs) right yeah 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 because uh well they changed labor laws Mm -hmm. in um uh like interesting nationwide yeah right wait you're not allowed to ask how much you charge no, um, that it's a uh, it's and it, and it bled into TV and and film and stuff. Um, it started out as just like workplace protection, like when you go in for a job interview and and they say like, you know, like how much did you make your last job? You don't have to answer that question anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 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 our world, that means that when we're you know casting a a, a film that we can't say, well, how much did they make for this last thing that was made at the same Specifically, it's difficult in the the pilot space, the network space, um, for pilot season because they can't ask for quotes anymore. So it's it's the wild How do they know how much it's going to cost them? So you just throw out a number and hope that the person will bite for it. So you're saying you you can't find out the quote for an actor anymore? You cannot. Nope. They can sign. You guys are blowing my mind. That's they can crazy. sign oh, like oh, a permission you're slip. You're talking about you offering. You're not talking about them hiring you. To, you're not or, talking about your casting. It goes ways. across the board. Both yeah. ways. Yeah. That um, well, we're allowed. We would be like we could be like okay. Here's what our quote is right now. That's what we would require for something like this. But they're not allowed to say what's your quote right now. How much do you cost? Yeah. And for for actors, they can sign like a permission slip to the representation, saying like you're allowed to give my quote. Oh. Um, like to interesting, you know, but I don't know. I mean, because I'm, I'm not sure what that looked has looked like these last two pilot seasons, you know, since right. it was enacted. Because like, I feel like what's happening is is BA is we're saying, okay, I want to hire you, Chrissy, or I want you to test, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna make you an offer at thirty five thousand dollars an episode, but your quote is seventy five thousand, and I would say, and so then your you count next. your agent counters at a hundred. Right, which mm-hmm. is so you know such a huge sure. leap from thirty five, which was the original offer. So now you have business affairs like freaking out because right because they don't see those just, numbers normally, yeah, right? Yeah. Huh. Unless they've hired you before, and then and then and then it's like, well, you know how they're always like, we can't set a precedent by doing that, blah blah blah. Right? Like, how do they control that when there there is no ceiling mm-hmm. for the precedent? You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. just to go back though to casting mm-hmm. um for a film or um 
a TV show, we would try to set up like parameters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 10 to 12 weeks for a pilot, Mm -hmm. ideally. 10. 10, yeah. But the most, I mean, typically that's getting shorter and shorter. So we're doing like six weeks on a pilot, four weeks. Right. Like right now we're casting a series in four weeks. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Too yeah. fast. Th- yeah. But three, but three roles. Four. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. The rest are going to be. Are like, they cast in Finland? I see. Yeah. 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 All right. Gotcha. I, I really was looking for like people that are yeah. don't have a lot of money and to to are figuring out if so, they can use. Yeah. So if you don't have a lot of money, you but know, I think you answered it. Yeah, I I think that um you can always ask reach like, out. Re- yeah, reach out to people and um uh and when I was an associate and, and an assistant um I was certainly doing like short films for like Columbia students mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, just because I wanted to put things into practice that I was learning, watching my bosses do, but I wasn't allowed to give direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't allowed to like pick people who I wanted to see, right? you know? And, um, and so, uh, don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. And, and if it's, if it's, if we don't have the bandwidth for it or it's not right for us, then we would pass it along to a colleague who mm-hmm. we know can handle it and would be great and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, say say I'm a filmmaker in a different market, right? Mm-hmm. How do I go about finding the associates of the world? Or like, is there a way to kind of find people who are looking to make their name in casting but don't have their own office yet? Well, I'm on the board of the CSA, the Casting Society of America. And there's a whole, like, you can email us and we will put out job postings for different projects that go out weekly. Mm-hmm. So if you're a, a young filmmaker or someone who doesn't know anyone, you can email Laura at CSA mm-hmm. info at casting society.com. And perfect. she will help yeah. you. She will help you put your job posting out to find the, an appropriate casting director in whatever market you're in too. That is so, yeah, that is very concrete. Useful. That is so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought you were going to say like, you know, you check out colleges or no, something. No, no, no. There's a whole network of people. Yeah, and you can look on the website too That's to right. find people um, by region. By region. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. We were yep. we're kind of running out of time, but I have like five rapid fire questions. Sure. Okay, fine, go ahead. Just because I want to squeeze them in. Yeah. Uh, do you guys do non-union stuff? Yes or no, and why? Um, well, so many commercials are now non-union, so it's kind of hard to avoid. Um, uh, we don't. We don't like it. Right. We Do you typically- ever have you ever take like convinced a non-union production to yes. be union? Yep. Yeah. Well, how do you do it? Because it's something I think Matt and I yeah. would love to do more. Of. Yeah. Um, we just say like the union- you should really consider union actors for this because well, the unions the union makes is trying to make it easier for you guys to do union projects. Um, and and we're talking about SAG for yeah. our listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you know they they seem really scary, but like at the end of the day in regard to dealing with producers and becoming a signator, blah, blah, blah. Like they, they will make that process easy for you in an effort for you to use union actors. It's all about your budget. So they're going to look at your overall. So whatever your overall is, that's the contract they're going to put you on. And then, and that's going to determine what you have to do. And it's, it, yeah, you have to pay into their fringes, but it's really not, it's not that much. And so it's, it's just a reallocation of fees. And yes. you get way, way, way better actors. And that's, yeah, you, you know, when we say that when, when, when we come onto a project, we say to the, you know, the producers, if it's, they're teetering, like everyone's pretty much union these days, right? So, because especially what after the merger, like all the actors in town were like, oh, they're merging. I'm going to join after. Join after. Yeah. And then I'm going to be a part of the union. Yeah. Um, so. Well, what about FICOR and stuff? Are you seeing that a lot? 
There, there are some actors who go FICOR, and you know, I understand why they want to do it. Um, but I think that um, uh, it's it's tricky because I've had friends who have been like, you know, I've, I'm thinking about going FICOR because maybe they have a baby or something, and a lot of baby stuff is non-union, mm. um, and they want to be able to be in a commercial with their baby. Um, and uh, but you know. But for most of them, they've decided that it like ultimately like weakens the union. It does um, by going by yeah. core. But I understand it too. Yeah. But you know, it's there are protections in place that are really important mm-hmm. in regard to to doing union work and and for the actors. You know, I had a, an actor friend tell me the other day that um, agents and managers. The fine was telling me the other day that agents and managers take an additional. 20% off of non-union work only. Mm-hmm. So that like we're getting them a plus 20 or plus 10 for their agents. But then they still then take an also, additional So they're 20. just taking almost 40%. Yeah. And they're like, well, that that's standard brutal. for, that's standard for, for <laughs> non-union work. That. Yeah. So the actors are getting like, and I call, I asked SAG about it because I was like, is this, you know, this, this doesn't seem right. And, and they were like, no, we, I asked, they asked around and they were like, yeah, no, they're saying that that's pretty standard operating procedure for like the reps around town to take an additional percentage of the fee that we work really, you and I work really hard to secure for these actors mm-hmm. with a plus 10 or 20 on top of it to, in an effort to satisfy their reps, they're still taking more from them. So that's the new issues. Like that's more, they're all the more reason to go union and fight for the union. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're next. a union, so it's really, you know, that's really important to us to, to fight for our, you know, to fight for union workers. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, next question. Um, so attaching ce- celebrities, mm. like name talent, is that something that people come to you with? And is that something that the casting director usually does? Or does it a lot of times come from, like from a relationship the producer or the director has? Well... Um, I mean, this might change with all the WGA stuff, but like if an if an agency is packaging something, then oftentimes they will package talent with a, a project, let's say a film, um, that you'll get a script and it'll be like, oh, and Aquafina is already attached. It's like great. Well, the producers are doing that. Yeah, producers or the studio mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, uh, but yes, uh, that often is um, part of our job and. Uh, unfortunately, that's something that we can always control. We can certainly make offers, but we can't make people say yes. Well, sometimes it's part of our job, and sometimes we, we come on to something that has yep. those yeah, bullet attached already. But are you guys, let's say I have an indie film, and I have four roles, and they're all really great, but it's like a $150,000 movie. You're the only guy in L.A. who has that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, no, but I, I do think like... I'm, Lauren, I'm, you've been holding that on us. I'm yeah. trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to ask the questions that are honestly our listeners aren't. No, they know. don't care yeah. about how long an NBC pilot takes the cast because yeah. they don't. Because they once you have the NBC pilot, you don't need yeah. to know. Right. You don't need to know how much that costs. Okay. What they they have the <clears throat> I, I understand your question. dollars indie film, and they want to attach, you know, Aquafina sure. to it. Yeah. So is that okay. something? A lot of people, I think, there's. I don't know if it's a myth or not, and I, Matt, it's something Matt and I have both gone through and talked about. Sure. But a lot of times, people think like, oh, if I get great casting directors on this, they'll help me attach this name talent that will get my project greenlit. But my experience has been there's only so much like someone else can do for your own project. Like you kind of have to 
go do you have to be best and finagling and with, with Aquafina yourself. Weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. exactly. Yeah, you need to know Aquafina's brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, leveraging personal relationships certainly helps, especially in indie films. But in um, regard to hiring a casting director, because you think that casting director will be able to to secure someone like Scarlett Johansson for you. Sure, if you can pay that casting director their fee, they can try. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can pay Scarlett Johansson her fee, that's yes. the bigger right. thing, yeah. right? Yeah, right. But is that something that you like? I mean, I think a lot of people have been in this situation where they attach casting directors and they get this list from IMDb Pro of like, here's a hundred. Sure, you I know, mean, I've made them with you guys. Yeah, yeah, many times. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. going from that list to actually casting someone on that list is like really difficult. It I is. Find. So Unless you're offering millions of dollars or it it has to you have to have one something. of one of the things, right? You so have to be things? a recognizable director. We have to be able to to sell you to that person and their team as someone who's got proof of like return sure. on investment, proof of concept, right? If you're a new director and you don't have that, that's one thing that we can't do for you to help you get this person. Or you're best friends with their brother's sister's cousin. And your brother, brother, sister's cousin's going to get them the script for you, and that's a way into that person. Right. And, and then you're just following up. We're you're coming like, back around the other way, and we're yeah, following yeah. up. So, do you think yeah. that's, or that, you have the money? Is that a thing? Like that coming from like three different directions is a better, like that those things build on each other, like like um, that you know someone's brother, mm-hmm. and also the casting directors are calling them, and also they saw a short of yours on Vimeo. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, that happened with um, uh, Alex Karpovsky in a short film that I cast for some friends that he had seen some of their other work and he reached out to them and was like, I, I, I really like your work. And, you know, I think maybe they met at a party or, or something. And, um, and he ended up being in a, in another short for them. And then we were able to attach, you know, Dylan mm-hmm. Baker and some other actors right. to it. Yeah. That, that, that happens. But when you're talking about the upper echelon, like the a list in people magazine actors, Right. Because you think that you, if you get one of those people in your $150,000 movie that you'll get more money or be able to sell mm-hmm. it in a capacity that you wouldn't have been able to sell it. That is, it's a hard thing for us to navigate because we obviously would never, we're never going to be like, no, but there is a reality of the day where, you know, we did just say to, on, to, to someone, you know, no, we're going to use Scarlett Johansson as an example. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. He he said the writer said to us, you know, she will she would covet this role. Mm-hmm. And we're like, um, even if she would covet this role and that she would drop everything to do this role, she's probably. I mean, we can call CAA, but she's probably. I don't know if Scarlett's with CAA. I just gave away. That's okay. It. Anyway, um, <laughs> she's you know she's with you know she's probably got her schedule is booked for the next three years. So like we can call and ask him they're going to, they're going to laugh at us, you know, and say she's not available. Do you ever, um, feel stupid for asking or, or feel like your reputation is at risk for asking? At this point, they understand that we, when we're asked to ask, we have to ask. Mm -hmm. So we're not, and we're not stupid. Like, like obviously Kevin, Bacon's not available or Brad Pitt's not available, right? right. He's developing his own things. He's doing his own things. But what things. about someone like well, Tony Danza? Like, is there a certain that's, type that's, of actor? We could check Tony Danza's veil. That's we'll check anybody's available. We'll check anybody's available. Yeah. 
I think that, okay, I think that when it comes to like the superstars, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to guess here, yeah. my guess is that it's happening in reverse. That they are saying, um, okay, so I've done all these rom-coms. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is this kind of movie. And then they have a bunch of worker bees who go and try to find those scripts. Right. Natalie Portman wants to do a thriller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, right. Yep. And, um, and so that's... Probably. And that's like what they talk about in their Monday meetings, right? right? Right. Like we had a phone call today of someone who um, is on a very popular TV show that's a drama, and now he's sort of pigeonholed there, and they're like, we really like this idea of this show because it could show his light side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, my my guess is that with the superstars, um, that that is how it happens, that it's it's the everyone else seeking out those other stories, right. which is frustrating when you're trying to make something and when you've got everybody telling you, like, we're not going to give you money until you attach somebody mm-hmm. who can give us a return on our investment right. and then some, but I which think, is what everyone is after ultimately. But the, uh, sorry, I mean, not to yeah. cut you off, but I think the thing that is important to point out is that part of what you're paying casting directors to do is know that thing, know mm-hmm. that, oh, someone's looking to show their lighter side. But also to sell it to the reps. Sure. So we're going to take your project and we're going to we're going to break it down and we're going to turn around and we're going to talk to every single agency and every single management company and every single rep about the project and what we're looking for. And so then it's out there in the world and they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to come back to us and say, hey, this is actually this could be really great for this person. But when you're coming at it cold with no mm-hmm. money, no proof of you know, concept and, you know, just an idea and a, a pipe dream of sure. Jennifer Aniston. It's a little bit harder to accomplish something like that. Right. It well, has happened. Yeah. Sure. L- let me rephrase. Let's retool this question. Cause I think this is genuinely the most important thing our listeners can. Yeah. This okay. conversation is so valuable. Okay. Um, let's say they're not asking for Jennifer Aniston. They're still, they've got a, a, a script that like is genuinely pretty good. Maybe it like placed somewhere in a, you know, screenwriting competition or whatever. They don't have real credits to speak of, right? This is going to be their, their breakout and they've got 150 K what, and they, they know they need great actors, right? And they're trying their hardest to pay their rich uncle back that 150 K they got. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Well, I, at first I would say if you're in, if you find yourself in that position and you're like, this is my, this is the project that's going to launch me, uh, I would encourage you to write small in an effort to reduce the amount of days that you need these actors Mm -hmm. so that we can go after actors for a few days for the limited budget that you have. If it's good enough, it's in one location, it's small enough Mm -hmm. and we don't have to waste our money on 47 roles if you can if you can kind of tighten it up and keep it really small and tight, mm-hmm. then we can do a lot with your small budget. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you can do, certainly. Another thing is um, a part of our job is uh, recognizing who is coming up next. Mm-hmm. And um, and like like a Michael B. Jordan in Fruitvale Station. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, another, you know, director that we've worked with um, uh, trying to attach people to his film. And both of us were like, hey, here's this actress mm-hmm. that she's on a show right now on Netflix. And, and, and we're, we're telling you she's going to break out. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just, I just don't know if, if, if I respond to her, which is fine. 
you know, and then we would talk about other people and go to other people and um, and not hear back. And then we would, you know, every every couple of months just be like, but don't forget, there's so-and-so mm-hmm. um, on that Netflix show. And it's growing more and more popular and being nominated for more things. And we know some people who are on that show and they, they could nudge her for you. Yeah, I just don't really know. And then she was nominated for an Emmy. And now she's in a bunch of other movies. When we could have gotten her... Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay to not respond to people. <laughs> but we but we could have made her an offer and right. maybe gotten her attention before all of those other things happen and now she's we can't reach her. And so that's part of our job is being able to identify those people who are rising up who um you know, if you're talking to your rich uncle, he might only know who Jennifer Aniston is mm-hmm. because that's he, a that's a whole other right, problem because he works in insurance and he you know. loves friends. Right. Okay, we get it. Right. Friends. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, but our job is to to help. Yeah. Help find those other people. <laughs> right. So being Bang open for the buck, being open to those other ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any situation where I'm like trying to pitch a TV show and I think Alison Brie would be great for a part and maybe she could produce it. And I worked with her once and like that you would help attach an actor to a TV pilot that or a TV show that sure. hasn't sold yet. Yeah, it does happen. That yeah. some, sometimes actors are attached um, to uh, to pilots and stuff, but that's a little less common than with a film. Yeah. Um, there are also creative ways to when you're in film or television, when you're making a deal with an actor, like a bigger actor, um, to give them to offer them an acting fee, but also offer them points on the back end, offer mm-hmm. them a producing fee, make them a right. producer, blah, 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 blah. There are other creative ways to get those people more interested. But I'm yeah. sure a lot of actors get like inundated with that. Like, can we just have Bill Hader produce this also? And they're like, uh, yeah, he's kind of busy. Yeah. Well, you just have to remember that like a lot of those upper echelon people are developing stuff for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're, or they're already in it for the next three years. Or on they have a company that, that is exactly. doing that. Right. Um, or again, agencies and producers are yeah. um, taking a lot of that. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. Or that, you know, that if we're just talking about like an ensemble comedy, that Bill Hader probably won't want to be like the fifth in that ensemble right. playing like the goofy cop. You know, that like he at this point is probably trying to do other things. Like if you just pay attention to what he's doing right now, mm-hmm. then you can see that he's trying to do other things. Granted, if everybody else in spots one, two, three, and four are like huge, right. then and maybe he would friends. be the fifth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's only five days and it's like, right. you know, right. however much money you have there. It's just, it's also it just case by case, yeah. you know? But like, do the exercise. Right. Talk about all those names with your casting people. Like, have like your 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 dream cast on the table so that we can talk about it. Like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe your dream cast includes somebody who's in between stuff right now mm-hmm. and friend of a friend. You know, and get we can get to them. Right. right. Or their manager is really cool. Right. And we know them really well, and they're like, oh, I'll read it. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, is there like a certain trend in casting that you've seen? Like, I guess in the commercial world, I feel like, you know, diversity is so, so big. It's like kind of changing the entire pool of like actors we're seeing and things. Are you guys noticing that a lot? Yeah. Diversity, both in um, 
like uh like ethnic diversity and body diversity and um like just Gender representation identity. yeah mm-hmm. and representation on screen i think right now in general is like uh, an important thing that everyone is recognizing mm-hmm. and like experimenting with you know which is really nice because like i remember being in college i was a theater major and and in one of our classes that was like the business of acting like taught by someone who hadn't Mm-hmm. been in the business since like the Carter administration <laughs> um, and uh, one of the exercises that we had was like go and find actors who look like you and um, uh, who, or whose careers you identify with and I remember pulling like, like Mara Tierney and Sherry O'Terry and all these other you know just like like short brunettes and having no problem. But um, my friend Jenny who's half Burmese like had the hardest time and she was like I don't know I guess anyone enjoy luck club maybe but they're not burmese you know (laughs) and um and so i think um i think like having representation on screen is um is something that uh will have like ripple effects like Mm -hmm. down the line you know like on screen or in books or or in anything Mm -hmm. i think i think it's a good thing i think you know some of the things that are trending that we've seen in our time is for a a long time there was a real people trend for commercials which we talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about earlier um, and I'm not sure if that's like gone away at all, but I saw a spot just the other day that had like the subtitle of like real people. Yeah, they actors. Oh, yeah. I think like, it's, yeah, it's still around. So it's pretty brutal. People. But it also just people shot at the Americana. like real people and not actory. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And you're like, yeah. yeah, that's like a wardrobe and styling thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Like we yeah. can just put less makeup on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't have to be horrible actors. Right. <laughs> right. Or someone that's never acted before. Yeah. And then for a while, we were seeing a trend of like social media people, you know, the influencers, the influencers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that's kind of, you know, feigning. Well, I think that it's about getting eyeballs Mm -hmm. on whatever it is, you know, because everyone wants what they're making to be watched. And if that means having um, someone who has a huge following, you know, be on their show or in their movie or whatever, like people will try anything. Sure. You know, we had a, a meeting once um, at a network and they asked, oh. uh, they asked us like, I don't know, it, it almost, we thought we were there to like talk about be ca- being casting directors, but it ended up being <laughs> sort of like a focus group for mm-hmm. like, I guess they were like, we, we've captured two millennials <laughs> and you know, let's ask them questions. And, um, they're like, hey, we put we put all these uh, influencers on um, one of our reality shows, and, and and it didn't move the needle at all. Like, why? <laughs> I was like, maybe because the people that follow them don't, don't like that show. Yeah. You know, we were literally just sitting there, like, yeah, what? And I was like, <laughs> I present younger, but I'm I'm older anyway. And um, Chrissy, I, what? I, you play a solid twenty five, <laughs> uh, but I'm not. But you play it well. Anyway, um, (laughs) thank you. Mm -hmm. And then they were also saying that like the one time that they um, were able to like actually see, literally see the needle move was having Kim Kardashian do a a guest star. And it um, wasn't her, it was somebody else, but yes. Yeah. We won't say it because we don't want to give away the network. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) That we're shitting uh, off And, and, you know, and it was just like, so yes, there are, right. Yeah, because people watch her do anything and they do. But there's Um, like a tabloid celebrity and then there's like... um, like I feel like with influencers a lot of times Matt and I have run into this where we're trying to take someone that's really famous for like 
talking about makeup and right. trying to cast them and as an, them actor. an actor. Yeah. Right. But their fans want to see them talking about makeup. They don't want to see them. Exactly. Right. In a, so that's part of the struggle. And the other part is that, um, that sometimes their skill set doesn't always translate into acting. Sometimes sure. it does. My last question okay. for you two, this is for our wives. You put out breakdowns, you know, we're casting a pilot. Um, we're, you know, looking for submissions. You get 7,000 submissions. You have all these headshots you're looking through on breakdown services or whatever mm-hmm. service you use. How do you choose which ones to click on? Well, we look at every everybody. We do. Um, and we look at their picture and their resume. Every single person? You don't... I mean, you have to... It well, they don't somehow. open every single resume up, but we definitely look at your face. Do yeah. you have to know recognize their agency? It depends. No, no. I, I think it depends on um, on how much time we have in, in the project, you know. But um, but we look at every submission, and if there's, uh, it actually gives me anxiety to not look at every submission. <laughs> yeah, because I'm yeah. afraid I'm going to miss somebody. And you know, and there's just something you'll just see something in their in their eyes or yeah. whatever, and you and you. Look at the resume, and then on the resume, you go like, "Oh, okay, like, like what have they done that's comparable?" Just to give you an idea of it, or, or their their reel is there, and you can watch that. Or there, some some services have like a slate shot, mm-hmm. and so it's their. What do you think of the slate shot? Well, I, sometimes it's important to just hear them speak. Yeah, because so you, sometimes you're a fan of it. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes like I'll 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 bring someone in, they'll walk in the room, and I'll know as soon as they say hello that they're right. wrong for it. Mm-hmm. So if I can. That's a yeah. relief. Wait, what's a slate shot? It's it it looks like a headshot, or it is their headshot. But then when you click on it, they're wearing the same outfit, and they're like, "Hi, I'm John Hi. Smith." Yeah. Oh. And I thought for sure it was totally just a way for them to upsell people, to upcharge people. It does. It, seem it like is. That, it, yeah. In some ways. But yeah. at least you guys click on them. Right. I do. <laughs> yeah. If I don't know the person. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Sometimes their voice is like so wrong, you yeah. know. There's a there's a whole another element to. It also, I think, maybe sorts you a little bit higher. Like they say, like I think that if you have that, we were just talking oh, about the sorting today and how I mean annoying it is. That, yeah. frankly, I think should be illegal. Do you think also, everyone should yeah. name their change their name to Anna Akana? Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't sort alphabetically. We can resort it alphabetically. Yeah, we can resort it alphabetically. Yeah. We can resort it. How else can we resort it alphabetically by submission time or randomly? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I feel like the real is what makes me not want to call someone in. Mm. Is that some, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I like their head tub. Good resume. Watch the real. I'm like, eh. They well, s- that can happen. And a lot of times yeah. it's like they said they had this role, but then it's like they just like were shocked in oh, the background Oh, you know what I love the most is when I see one of my old projects on their resume and I know I didn't hire them. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah. this yeah. person was not on that show. Yeah. Don't lie on right. your resumes. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Somebody who worked on that show is going to see it someday and they're yeah. going to be like, liar. And they're never going to bring you in. So any big no-nos on the headshot? Uh, don't have it be too far away because um, we're looking at thumbnails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't want to cut off too much of your face, um, but you don't want to be too far away either. Um, I think it's nice to have some other pictures of you available where it shows like a three quarter or something. Um, but, uh, but for your, for your main shot, uh, just, just you on your best day, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing too trendy in terms of clothes. I've had, I've had to like break some hearts of friends who are like, I have new headshots. Can you help me? I'm like, sure. I'm like, uh, a vest. <laughs> okay, that's that was a choice. Or like yeah. Tate's last round. <laughs> oh, like oh my god! What? Wait, where's my mug? 
oh yeah i have a mug for you yeah oh yeah well well a, a couple of times my husband has had things where like he'll do his headshots and he ends up turning them into mugs where it's like all the all the outtakes <laughs> but where they'll be like you know what just like throw your hands up there and like yeah, make yeah. him like put his hands behind his head it's just, well, like, so and he's just yeah. standing there like just uncomfortable like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's under arrest yeah, yeah. yeah he's like doing the like rubbing like the back his of belly his belly showing a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. Where i'm just like yeah. chrissy what are these and, and there are people who are headshot stylists too if you feel yeah. like you're not good at that yourself if you don't know how to market yourself i think especially for commercials it can be really helpful um, you know, who are like good at like mixing plaids or whatever. My big thing is that it should look like you. <laughs> yeah, it should look like you and it should speak to your tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you come in the room, we're not getting something completely different than what we thought we were going to get, which is why the slate stuff is really helpful too because right. we can we can understand tone really quickly yeah. or I having any more Hawaiian history. shirts and thumbnails. That's mainly what totally. I want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess my wife, she's working with this new manager and he's really into kind of like looks. He's into kind of yeah. leaning into your yeah. character, you know, like like trying to not be overly generic, you know. Well, but I yeah, think, but I think that's kind of what you're saying a little bit about tone, yeah. which is like that we should get an idea of who something you are. who you are from your headshot as opposed yeah. to like I I can be anything. Well, and a theatrical headshot is usually like something something sort of neutral. With like, it's not like a sad face and it's not a happy face. It's just sort of like, just like neutral. Usually like your mouth is closed. Um, whereas uh, like a commercial or a comedic shot would be, you know, like smiling or whatever. And then and then there's always like the, the, the glasses version of yourself, <laughs> you know. Well, here's the other thing is like you can't be everything, right? right you right, just right. simply cannot. You are a human who's not everything. And right. not every human is right for every Unless role. you're so Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's on the Kate, Bob if Dylan. you're listening, we have a number of yes. indie directors <laughs> who have scripts. Um, yeah. Hundred fifty thousand dollars. Basically, every person who's listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll finally know how many there are. Yeah. <laughs> awesome guys. But if yeah, but if you're an actor, you're not ready for everything, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Um, Well, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Let's hop into a real quick round of unpaid endorsements. Unpaid endorsements. Okay, so my endorsement is like something I just did on this last shoot. We were trying to create this like fantasy world on a budget for this Disney Channel thing. And one of the things that was really inexpensive but made things look really awesome is, well, first of all, we used like filters on the on the camera, which I think a lot of people do to kind of make things bloom. But we just got these like super cheap chandeliers on Amazon for like, I think they're like 15, 20 bucks or something. And then we just like put them in the background and in the frame or in the foreground. And it's just like, uh, I found a super easy way to like make something seem magical for like almost no money. Just a lot of chandeliers is what you're saying. We had three chandeliers and they were like on stands and we would just kind of like rotate them into the shot. And it was like, yeah, because we had, it was like we had a curtain and a mirror and a chandelier. And then all of a sudden you felt like you were like in some weird throne room or something for like very little money. So um, so my unpaid endorsement is a podcast called Rough Cut. It's by the Video Consortium, which is like um, a group of people kind of all over the country where um, it's like for non nonfiction filmmakers, basically. So like. You know, it's like a club for documentarians, basically. So they have their own podcast called Rough Cut. You know, it's uh, two hosts, and they're just talking to different great documentary filmmakers. They're nice and short. It's like 25 minutes an episode. They're really concise. And, you know, because they're 
nonfiction filmmakers, they're pretty good at interviews. So it's like pretty tight and good. So um, if you're interested in documentary, Rough Cut is a great new podcast to check out. I'm a new mom. And when I was pregnant, Chrissy uh, recommended a book called Expecting Better so that I could like drink wine and eat sushi while I was pregnant. Oh, cool. Um, It's by this statistician. She's a professor of statistics and her name is Emily Oster. And she just wrote a new book called Crib Sheet. And it was just released, I believe, like a month ago. Uh, no, just like a couple weeks a ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I Two just great started. Titles. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, from birth to through like toddlerhood. Oh, cool. And like it's called Crib Sheet because, you know. Sure, right. sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I started reading it and it's already like addressed a lot of the things that we've encountered. So like I what? think she's really smart, you know, like when to transition them into the crib and like how to sleep, like not, not telling you how to sleep train, but basically collecting all of the data and then giving you all of the data so that you can then make an educated decision about how you're going to proceed with your child and what's best for your family. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, instead of like telling you what to do, she Mm -hmm. just gives you all the things. And she said, here's, you know, here's what I did. And this is what worked for me. And it might not necessarily work for you or your family, but here's all the data, you make an educated decision because we're all adults here. Most of the, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of the parents these days are older than the generations that had kids before us and we're, you know, autonomous adults making our own decisions. And so these decisions are harder and harder because, you know, we sure. have more time to... You can Google it. Basically. You can Google yes, it. Yeah. that too. She talks yeah. about that too. So she's, I think she's really smart and I think this, uh, this I- is my un- unpaid endorsement. Nice. Yeah. My unpaid endorsement, I'm deciding either between the South Pasadena Farmer's Market (laughs) (laughs) on Thursday. You can endorse two things. Okay. So South Pasadena Farmer's Market on Thursdays. Or is it on Wednesdays? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, it's lovely. It starts like in the late afternoon, early evening and goes to like seven. And um, it's just really nice. They close down the streets. It's right by the train Mm -hmm. and there's like always little drum circles going on you don't live in south pasadena though right no in highland park so you drive to to this farmer's market it's not like oh this is like yeah i wish i mean i guess i could walk there if i really wanted to but but i'm saying it's it's out of the way and worth it yeah it's lovely it's really nice and they've got you know a good selection and and there's like always some sort of live music or like and there's also like a library right there, and the food vendors are okay. Yeah. Like the like, I don't really the care about guys, food vendors. Right. At yeah, a, but at like a it's not market. like really good. What about the pupusas? Yeah, yeah, that's the pupusas the, are that's okay. A yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, or I know it's been around for a little while, but um, Hippo, the restaurant in Highland Park, mm-hmm. uh, in the summertime, they have this like pasta that's like a little dumpling with corn in it. It's mm-hmm. like this corn like soup i don't know what it is it's puree it's it's amazing and then but they only have it in season so it's coming back this summer i hope uh but then this winter they had the the butternut squash version mm. oh just so good Orin has been talking to me about this restaurant yeah like, oh you haven't been so if you're well to do and you live in la go to hippo <laughs> yeah if you're not go right next door to triple beam pizza yes which is uh nancy silverton's pizza place yeah or uh, if you're well-to-do and prefer pizza and wine, you can go order Triple Beam and then go to the wine shop in the back, That's which is true. my favorite yeah. also. Yeah. That's why I haven't been to Hippo. I love but, wine. But um, uh, but I think they have a happy hour or something at Hippo too where there's at oh, least sure. like discounted drinks. It's 
You yeah. know, you could at least just get that one dish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's pretty it's so awesome. Good. I'm gonna make it out of there one of these days. Guys, this has been great. This yeah. has been so great. Oh, uh, if we want to yeah. find out more about you guys. Oh, um, you can go to our website, dfcasting.com. That's right. And uh, you can tweet at me. Yeah. I don't, I've only tweeted like twice. What Chris are you, Amanda? At Casting Amanda. Cool. Yeah. Tweet at me. Tweet me your your new And your Instagram and is public too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on our website, we've got like the project that we've been working on. We actually probably need to update it a little bit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, check us check us out. Cool. Awesome. Okay. We will. Well, thanks so much again. Thank um, you if guys. You, if you want to learn more about all the things that we talked about, you can check out the show notes at justshootitpod.com. That's where all of our social links are as well. We're at Just Shoot It Pod basically across the board on everything. I'm at Mr. Madenlo. And I'm at Smiley Pileg on Twitter. And I'm at O Kaplan on Instagram. A better place to follow me. And you can email us questions, comments, just shoot it pod at gmail.com. This episode was produced by Madeline Rosewatt, edited by Jay McAuliffe. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to right now is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. And rate us on iTunes, please. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.